guys and welcome to tonight's little episode. I wanted to share this video because a lot of you have issues with narcissism, abuse, and chronic pain. And I wanted you to hear from someone who is a clinical psychologist, since some of you give so much importance to that, what she says about chronic pain and how it's related and what chronic pain is because a lot of people probably don't know and of course i will add some of my commentary and i have the tapping video going underneath because well you know me and if you tap it out it's a good thing so i've been very sick in this past week and i'm still not well and it's my old issues with migraines and stuff but instead of having a migraine, I had all the other symptoms and of course um, I puked the whole day on Wednesday and it was really bad and um, you know, it came on slowly. A friend of my roommate died, someone who always treated me like shit and about 2-3 hours before my roommate came to tell me that this person died, um, I felt this chilling cold around me just like I always do when someone dies and I don't know why they feel the need to come and tell me since they have treated me literally like shit for 20 years as if I was a villain and you know obviously they followed western shit pharma care you know and as usual they ended up dying badly suffering now um one would look at me and say, well, look at yourself, you know, you've lived with chronic pain your whole life. Yeah, the difference is that these people weren't born with this problem. These people um, got this stuff later in their life. And these people had shit all along. They were non-vegan, always. Never tried to go plant-based, which is what, you know, those of you who don't give a shit about animals should call it. And, um... You know, they were fervent Christians, the misled kind, of course. And hence, you know, what I was doing was evil. It just claim, it explains why they treated me like shit all along. But I bumped into this video today and it was really interesting because I actually haven't seen uh, this before and I just thought it would be interesting to share it with you and talk about it as I share it. So I'm going to mute myself, otherwise there is probably going to be a loopback and we're going to watch it and when I stop it I'll talk basically with you guys. And that's it. I hope that you enjoy it. I hope that uh, you understand how to actually work on this stuff and not be affected as many of us as have sorry and i hope you realize that there is a way out it's just you know it does take a lot of time it does take a lot of effort and sometimes we'll go in dark places where we ask god to just kill us because the pain is simply too much which is what i've been through this week pretty much but i want to remind you all that tomorrow is a year it does mark a year that was the last day of my mini my dog life and she passed away on the 11th around 3 a.m i had literally gone to sleep at 12 
after two weeks of not really sleeping more than an hour because I was catering to her who was really panting, was really uncomfortable, you know, she needed the help. And um, yeah, the last day was really horrible and what made her change, it was evident, was when I gave her some rescue remedy and I told her at the same time, Mimi, let go, please, you don't need to suffer for me. You have been here for me more than anyone else, really. And it's okay for you to go. And with the rescue remedy, what it does, it helps you to go whichever direction is right for you. And obviously for her, it was time to go. And she decided to go on my roommate's bed. I had already asked them if she could go sleep with him, but she literally pulled for his bed. She knew she was gonna go. And she didn't want to put me through that, probably. And yeah, it was really hard, and it has been a really shitty hard year. But um, hey, so it's been 2020 and 2021, and the previous life has not been that great either. So, you know, it's kind of like a roll up of all of this together. So, she explains very well what people who, you know, she explains very well basically my life and the life of many people and why people go through this. Um, of course, I disagree with her about uh, certain things, like when she talks about the pandemic, because the only pandemic we had was of lies and stupid idiots fell for subscience, which is Western Pharma shit care, which is new age subscience, as I call it, and liars like Fauci, the CDC, and all the other criminals who went along with this bullshit. But again, what are you gonna do? Most of you are idiots, we're still not vegan and who don't understand that hurting someone else is obviously not your right to do so. But hey, God forbid if you actually do what you say and that you behave in the humane way you claim you want the world to be. I want peace, but I'm gonna keep supporting pain. I care about what trees feel, but I don't give a shit about screaming animals in pain. Yeah, that really worries me, by the way that you would actually worry more about plants than animals because animals are more like you. And while I respect plants and I love them very much, um, you know, it does worry me that you use that as an excuse, especially considering that most plants, veggies and everything, are actually killed to feed the animals and then are killed to feed non-vegans claim they want peace. <laughs> and this is the reason why a lot of people feel in pain all the time, are unhappy, have depression, not gonna wear anything. It's because you guys eat shit and you don't want to understand that that is the one and biggest pitfall. So I want to tell you that while well, everything she says is very true, except for, you know, those things about take your pills regularly on the, all that shit because if you really do your research you know that western, western pharma shit care as i call it has killed more people than cured in reality but again all you gotta do is read books like genie in your genes by dawson church and he gives you all the studies and all the stuff that you can check by yourself there's tons of proof out there and again if you've been around the block a few times and you're not a complete moron you should know that by now but if you don't 
Well, go do some research and then come and talk to me. Because there is nothing you can say about Western shit care that will ever convince me otherwise simply because I have witnessed it with my own eyes how shitty it is. And I have seen with my own eyes how when you do stuff that, for example, Dr. Robert Morse, the Cushy Institute, and all these people actually know their stuff for real and help people for real tell you well, how much better we all feel. So this week has been a shit show, yes, but I used a lot of things that I had in my arsenal, natural things. I haven't taken any pill at all and I was in excruciating pain because I used that pain and I used Reiki and I used the crystals and I slept a lot and I didn't eat <laughs> and when I did eat I was juicing stuff because years back I invested in a Vitamix. Yes, it was expensive for me. But in five payments, I paid it off, you know, I said no to other stuff. And it was a good investment because whenever I'm sick, I make those fresh juices. Whenever I can't chew, I have big problems with my teeth, which are not covered in Canada. As I see, a lot of people are confused about the Canadian healthcare. It's not that great, guys. It's a bunch of baloney, just like anywhere else, just like in the U.S. It's all overpriced bullshit and they do not cover the dentist. No. So thank you for all of you who keep supporting Ehos like Amorans who pretend to have had abuse in their life and then a month later they're already fucking dating which is proof that, well let's face it, if you really had true abuse you'll never be dating after a month. You'd be done with men and you wouldn't have nothing to do with them. But I guess when you fake bullshit the way she does because she wanted to clear her image, that's what you do. So yeah, it is offensive and it is offensive when I find people who tell me that they support her and they're proud of it. Or yeah, are you proud of supporting a fake eho who literally has used a fake abuse to clean her image after doing porn and, you know, realizing that hmm, many people don't like that stuff. I'm not against it in the sense that, hey, if you need to... <laughs> Treat yourself in that way. If that's what you like to do, do it on the right platforms. But don't fucking go around saying that you're proud of it. When you have the dollars to actually go hire people who can teach you how to sing, play instruments, you can do stuff that is actually beautiful. Well, of course, it wouldn't sell as much. And we all know she's after the money and nothing else. So she used abuse and she used stuff that has actually ruined many people's lives, including mine to make more money and you assholes who support her are just the same shit as she is and she's just one of the many examples out there she's a small fish in the sea but she is indeed one of the biggest fish you find on certain platforms and it's pretty pathetic because she's not that pretty either when you have to put tons of makeup on your face and change your features that means you're not that pretty honey and when you have to get fake boobs in order to look female-like, you know, because that you're not that pretty. Now, she's not that pretty for me, not so much because she's plastic-looking and fake as fuck. It's really because she's not a nice person, obviously, because nice people will never use things that have ruined people's lives to make money from. And that's really what ticks me off about her, is the fact that clearly she's an insecure person, because someone who is secure of herself doesn't put kilos of makeup on and doesn't try to change her features to look more appealing to the eye. 
I mean, it reminds me of Marilyn Monroe, the ultimate train wreck, you know? And having a high IQ doesn't make you better than others, but this is the problem with these people. They are so highly misled, and they think they're winners somehow, even though they're just playing the cults game, and all they're doing is hurting those who have really been abused, and who have been really good people, and, you know, who have been shafted by those who claim that porn and objectifying a woman, a man, a child, doesn't matter, is okay to do. It's never okay, and it's sad that these people are considered role model. So here is someone who actually deserves respect because uh, she may be misled in some ways, we all are, I guess. She actually has put in a lot of work to teach people how to overcome this kind of abuse and how to watch out for it so they don't fall for it anymore. And I think it's very important. Of course, do I wish you look at EFT techniques? Do I wish you look at the fact that, I mean, we have all been gaslighted in this past three years by, you know, people like Fauci who lied to us blatantly and who basically called cause a genocide and then try to blame it on a cartoon rival that they never proven to exist. Of course that bothers me. But I don't expect someone who has been brainwashed by Western shit pharma care, you know, and going to school and all that to actually see beyond that. Maybe one day she will and I hope so. But and that's why I say maybe she's part of a cult. I don't know. But the work she has done in this um narcissism um, topic has been good and what she puts out is very much on point from what I have experienced and what I have seen people in my direct life experience and also the stuff I read. So from my tiny point of view, because remember this is not medical advice, this is not a substitute for you to getting help if you need the help, this is just to converse about this stuff put it out there and show you that with EFT techniques you can still get over a lot of this stuff and yes for those of us who are trapped in these narcissistic um, situations is still hard yes absolutely but it's not impossible because even though I have been extremely sick and I'm really tired of going through this motion it has been a lot less and the fact that I'm not taking any pills whatsoever to get better, you know, just to ride through the pain. It shows me that in reality I am slowly getting better. My teeth aren't, and that's part of the upheaval I've been facing. But again, what can I do? I never had the money to fix it, and clearly flossing and brushing is not really the solution to having bad teeth. No, it's the acidity we have in our body because of the stress and what we eat due to the stress. And that's why I keep talking about this, because a lot of people who are addicted to food, which is the most used drug to self-regulate by people who are being abused, it's a real issue and it's internal. It's not just an external factor. When you eat sugar, when you eat stuff that you're not supposed to, it creates an excess of acidity and when we are already in flight or fight, we're already in extreme acidosis. And the combination of the two is what, you know, causes all kinds of problems. Now, some people get cancer, and some people 
you know, the teeth problems and then later on cancer because it has been linked to these issues and not taking care of them, including heart attacks and many other problems. So the takeaway here for me is to eat as clean as possible because what triggered this in me was that I tried a non-vegan pizza. I actually had a pizza with some regular cheese. That's it. No meat, obviously, because I would die. But I wanted to see where I was at. Well, not in a good place because it just started a week of horror. And today is Friday and I'm still not feeling okay. But at least I can speak without crying. I had a sore in my mouth for the past five days and it was so painful. It was so huge. I have been rinsing with salt, with lemon, I've had these juices, fresh stuff, and when I started doing that, I started feeling better. So, what I'm saying is, what we eat is very important, and we can absolutely counteract the effects. We can tap, we can do Reiki, and we can do all kinds of stuff. But the most important thing is having someone there for you, you can count on, having a group of people you can go back to and talk to because you know having the support of each other is what helps us the most because usually people who are victims of narcissistic abuse tend to be alone tend to be isolated and it's not just because they themselves look to be isolated because it is it is very very embarrassing and it's painful and we are tired of being judged by people who don't understand this it's also because the narcissists themselves tend to isolate us. It's the whole game. It's to isolate us and then talk shit behind our back and show the world that we are indeed the problem. So I hope this helps you and this sheds some light on this. Sorry I went off on Emirates, but it really does bother me that someone like that uses the pain and suffering, you know, to just clean our image. Because to me is, if you want to be an ego, go right ahead, but freaking embrace it. Don't try and hide it. Don't try and hide who you are. You're someone who just cares about money, and you'll do anything for it. You lie left, right, and center, because you obviously identify with the way you look and with the money you got in the bank. But stop freaking making stupid stories up of things that have actually really ruined lives. And because I am part of this people as well, I take it even more personally in a way. Because seeing her acting up when she was, you know, being abused by her husband allegedly triggered me for about a fucking week. Because I went through it myself. And I actually felt bad for her. And I was like, well, if you're making it up, you're really fucking evil. And I don't think it's fully made up, by the way. I still think that some of it is true. But I think because she's so attached to the money, the image, and whatever else is really driving her, she'll do anything, basically, to fucking make money. And it's just disgusting to me. It's just really disgusting. And what disgusts me the most is that I found out some people who I'm friends with are friends with people who actually support her. And they were trying to protect this and to defend their actions. I'm like, there is no excuse for it. And while I still consider my friend a friend, I don't hang out with them anymore in their stream because of this reason. Because I don't want to be around anyone who supports people like that. Because until they actually behave like real human beings, I'm sorry, it's just fucking disgusting. And so with this, let's move on, let's watch this, see if it works, and um, let's see what you think later. 
And by the way, if you want to have conversations and stuff, let me know. Come to the Discord. We're going to have wonderful conversations there. And I know some people don't like Discord, but guys, it's what we're using right now, okay? We are limited in what we can use. The other thing we can use is Twitter, but I don't use Twitter much because you have to use your phone, and I prefer using the the computer myself. The MF from the phone is really difficult to deal with. However, we can also do some Twitter sometimes if you want. It just won't be that long. On Discord, you can use your phone. You can use the device of your choice, basically. And it's free, and it's safe. So please join us. The link is always in the About page. Whether you're listening to this or watching this on Spotify, follow it, please, and come in our Discord. Because our Discord is designed for this. This is what I focus on. Because this is what ruined my life, and I want to help other people not get their life ruined away. I let people I thought loved me and care about me ruin it for me and then blame me for it. So let's watch this and see what comes of it. Be prepared for simplistic guidance like take a nap. Trust me, there ain't no nap long enough to take to push back on this ancient fatigue of narcissistic abuse. Today we're going to take on the issue of physical symptoms in people who are experiencing narcissistic abuse. Believe it or not, it really does seem that narcissistic abuse can actually literally make you sick. Before we go on to that, one thing I'd love to hear from you guys in the comment section if you've been in a relationship with a narcissist, did it, do you feel like you got sick, like literally physically ill? What kinds of things did you experience with it? Headaches, muscle aches, like what happened? Think if we can sort of see what that is. Many other people say, yeah, I, I got migraine headaches or I got all this muscle weakness or whatever it may be. I think everyone sort of needs to hear this so you can really see what the reach of this is. And before we even go farther, I'm always going to invite you, please, you're going to see what an amazing community this is. Just look at the comment section, subscribe, join this channel, hit that notification bell to be reminded to get your little dose of narcissism training. And if you do end up liking this, give us that thumbs up because I like a little validation too. So let's talk a little bit about the physical symptoms we can see in people who are experiencing narcissistic abuse. So let's start with a question. Can narcissistic abuse literally make you physically ill? I'd base, base it on what I've seen, I'd say, yeah, it does. So let's just take this on solely from a stress perspective. Being in a narcissistic relationship is stressful and stress has numerous impacts on health. Headaches, muscle tension, diminished immune function, which can in turn make you more vulnerable to all kinds of illnesses. If you have pre-existing health conditions, such as autoimmune disorders, asthma, diabetes, stress can exacerbate the course of your illness. And if you have a more acute illness, such as cancer, Experiencing narcissistic abuse, as with any acute illness, may potentially result in a poorer course just because of the ongoing stress, which makes engaging in treatment, adherence, and coping all the more difficult. 
There are a couple of different pathways by which narcissistic abuse can actually affect your physical health. First, there's a sort of direct pathway as a source of stress, narcissistic abuse being a source of stress, and the release of stress hormones such as glucocorticoids and then the glucocorticoid regulation. And these things Im impact immune functioning as well as things like, for example, inflammatory responses that would exacerbate asthma, autoimmune diseases, and type 2 diabetes. And this glucocorticoid dysregulation is also associated with the onset of mental illnesses. Now, narcissistic abuse is a unique form of stress. It can be long-term. In some cases, it is inescapable. Many people still do not fully understand it. So there's a risk your experience with the stressor can be minimized by other people. And as you actually start feeling physically ill, you may not actually connect the toxic person in your life with the slow deterioration of your health. Doing the kind of research we need to do to substantiate this is not going to be easy. In an ideal world, we would follow people for many years, monitor their health, measure their relationships and the relationship quality and stress levels, and watch what happens. I hope someone does that relationship by the time that I hope someone does that research by the time it comes out I'm going to be long dead, okay? My observational perch on this though has been solely observational. I have watched otherwise healthy people develop illnesses that didn't make sense given their age and their physical condition or have had illnesses that had much more complex courses. And the one thing that they had in common was long-term relationships with people who had very difficult personalities. The physical effects we observe in people experiencing narcissistic abuse can also happen through indirect pathways. Specifically, people experiencing narcissistic abuse stop taking good care of themselves. They don't adhere to their medication. They don't get good sleep. They don't get good nutrition. They don't engage in any healthy exercise. Those of you experiencing narcissistic abuse, and this was actually another episode in the series, you have terrible self-care. And since the narcissists in your life don't care whether or not you take care of yourself or not, but let me tell you this, those narcissists sure as hell ensure that they take very good care of themselves and they expect everyone to get on board with that. And this I want to say, my brother is an example of this. My brother had the goals to, you know, tell me, oh, your teeth are fine, yeah, because he's a dentist and he knows so much about dentistry. I know more about dentistry than he does because I had all kinds of problems and I never had the money. But he had the money to go and go to one of those holistic dentists to take out all the stuff that was, you know, mercury and stuff related and put on good stuff. 
And he, of course, had, you know, the ability to go to Baylor. My dad spent a hundred grand on his education when my turn came. He had a C average in school, guys. I had A's. And I was always working at home, helping my mother, you know, for free. Because my dad wasn't helping her clean. <clears throat> she was working. She had to take care of my grandma. Um, and I was the youngest one in the family. So, talking about how also entitled they are. And when, after my father died, I confronted him, I said, you took advantage of the situation, and you never gave a shit about me. And he said to me, oh, well, you didn't jump on board, it's your fault, you know. And I said, dad couldn't pay for both of us, I asked him. It was one at a time. And he tried to defend his position. So, you know, I don't care that he's given me one of those free phones and every now and then he's thrown like 500 bucks very early when I, you know, if I turn 35 or 40, he throws some money there, he'll buy something stupidly expensive that I didn't need when I needed actual stuff, you know, to survive. But what did he know, right? He never had to go without anything because it was always the golden child that was the forgotten little idiot in the family. Yeah, and then he had the balls to also make fun of me. And then my my uncle, who died in 2020, who was the only one who cared a little bit about me, and he wasn't related to me by blood, because it was my, my aunt who is related to my dad, right? She is the youngest sister. And they were my godparents, and they both had the goals to tell me that I had the same possibilities as my brother and her child, their child, who went to all Ivy League schools thanks to them and their sacrifices. No, I never had the same chances. I never had even the same chances of a normal child to have their own life and to, you know, not feel guilty because you weren't there being a sounding board for your mother, who then had no problems teaching you when dad died. You know, the bad orc was always the guilty one. This was my life. And again, I'm not saying names. You don't know who I am, really. And if you do know, well, then maybe you now you have a better idea of why Francesca was so weird, right? Yeah, fucking assholes. I was going through major abuse, and then all I could attract to myself was more abusers, because that's the pattern you're in. So thank you all of you who didn't move a finger and in 2020 I have seen how many people give a shit about me. So don't you worry, I will make sure to return the favor to each and every one of you having a chance and only God can love assholes like you. I certainly don't have you to, to I don't have to love you, but I'm not gonna spend my life hating people like that because they're obviously imbeciles. Only losers would ever behave that way. What I am focused on is getting better and having a good life and getting away from all of these losers who literally never gave a shit about me. They used me and then they threw me out when I needed help the most. And I know many of you have gone through far worse than I have even. Far, far worse. Because there's many worse kind of narcissists out there that even I faced, even though the pedal was bad enough, yes. Absolutely. But again, then my brother will claim that he was the pedo's favorite victim. Yeah, and you also got all everything. Uh, you went on every trip. You you had all kinds of fancy stuff. I had nothing in comparison to him. I was a Cinderella in comparison to him. And I was the one who was saving her money 
to give them presents, thoughtful presents, because I would hear them every day, you know, what they wanted. So at Christmas and their birthday, I was the one, you know, pretending that my dad bought flowers for their anniversary. I would make fancy dinners for them. I know what I have done for them. And when I needed help the most, she, my mother, she chose her church friends over me. She always chose herself before her daughter. And the reason why I'm living in the conditions I'm living today is because she always refused to go and live together when she knew that I didn't have a chance to live on my own. I didn't have a chance to make the money I should have made because they never gave me a chance, really. And I was highly freaking abused, so I, I, I couldn't focus on stuff until that pattern was gone. See, now I'm a very different person. And now, while I see that what they did is extremely shitty and there is no excuse for what they did, I also don't give a fuck about going after them, pardon my French, and ruining my life every day, you know, thinking about that. When I'm sick, however, when I'm really down, that's when that pattern comes out. So that means that pattern is still running somewhere deep inside of me, and that's why I keep on tapping. Because it takes time to shed this stuff. But make no mistake, if you stay true to yourself, and you don't buy into the bullshit and don't become the way they are, you will get out of it. While they are gonna get all the shit karma they deserve. And guess what? I'm gonna feel as bad about it as they felt about me and all the troubles they caused me. Because if it wasn't for what they did to me, I would've had a pretty good life. I'm a pretty happy-go-lucky kind of person. And all the shit that I went through is the reason why I had this depression, I had this um, unhappiness really around me was because I went through a lot of the abuse that she talks about. Sad and true. And so for all of you who are losing your faith or maybe all of you who are still excusing the narcissist in your life, don't. They're not going to change. They're just going to get better aligned to you. It's just what they can do. They can't do any better. It's not your duty to save them. It's your duty to save yourself and do the best you can to help those who need the help. And as far as the narcissist, the best you can do is sort of get tapping at the distance. Send them love at the distance. But do not waste your time, energy, and efforts on people who obviously will never give a fuck about you. They will lie about it. They will buy you, you know, they'll, they'll get you a phone like my brother did, you know with the free points he got from the travels that was paid by his boss for going back and forth from Canada and Italy. And since they didn't have the model he wanted, he was generous and he got me a phone that he didn't want anyway. So he looked good, right? And I thanked him and all that. Of course, I am going to mock the stupid to the end. But make no mistake, do you really think that a phone 500 bucks for my 40th is gonna actually make up for all the shit he did my whole life and the possibilities I missed because of him directly. Because if it wasn't for him and he's destroying the Audi of my father twice, wasting money left, right and center, you know, and being a complete jackass who just thought about himself, things would have gone a lot differently. If instead of being like him, he was like me, 
He would have taken care of his little sister, he would have made sure his parents were okay, and he would have not wasted years doing shit. Oh, yeah, I know the paddle abused you. Then you go and get help. That's what you do. You don't fucking get into five gazillion thousand different drugs. And granted, when you are abused by a pedo, you have five thousand times more chances of getting into drugs and dying from them. You know what? We both went through a lot of abuse. And I am the one who got the shitty end of the stick. And I was actually sick my entire life. And not once he was really there for me. Not once have I ever had any of them truly there for me when I was sick. The only time was when I almost died suffocated at 12 days old. And my mom, my god, I've heard that story so many times. Of how she had to be in the hydrocephalus part of the hospital and it was so hard. Well, me in the incubator for five days, I'm telling you guys. I had the best of fucking times. <laughs> and that's how narcissism is. But she talks about it well. I just wanted to throw it out there that, you know what, guys? Do take care of yourselves. And do do the tapping. And do it in front of them. It pisses them right off. But usually they go away. And you feel better anyway, which is the point. Here we go. Let's move on. You don't have someone reminding you to take care of you, stepping in, or actually caring for you. Over the long term, the person experiencing narcissistic abuse simply stops trying, can get bogged down in the apathy and the futility of these relationships can translate into you not adequately taking care of yourself and taking the stance of, ugh, why bother? This is real. And I am a firm believer that these narcissistic relationships take years off of our lives. The constant sympathetic nervous system activation that a person experiences when they're in a narcissistic relationship, and by sympathetic nervous system, I mean that fight, flight, or freeze response, means that our bodies are running at a state of physiological strain that puts a lot of wear and tear on us for the long term. It's like driving a car into the ground and never getting the oil changed or the car maintained. And for many people, narcissistic relationships are a lifelong struggle. It may be apparent that they've been grappling with all their lives well into adulthood or having had to deal with it in childhood and now, in adulthood, you're dealing with a difficult or narcissistic partner or spouse. It can feel unrelenting. And I can promise you this, it is taking a toll on your body. Many people in narcissistic relationships report experiencing a sort of brain fog. It's sort of this sense of not being able to think straight or think well or think sharply. It's interesting because it's very similar to what people who have other forms of brain fog. Where I've most commonly heard this is those who are completing or have completed, for example, a course of chemotherapy, 
people taking other kinds of medications, people living with fatigue-inducing disorders, and those are other places that, that brain fog happens. Brain fog is also a commonplace issue in people living with narcissistic abuse, and it can exacerbate an already growing sense of self-doubt and confusion. If you grew up with a narcissistic parent or parents, you may have struggled with the physical symptoms of narcissistic abuse through stomach aches, headaches, even skin rashes, which are all ways that stress can physiologically manifest in a child. As a child, you may have also been more prone to colds and other viral illnesses. Listen, a child can't even put a name to this, but the child obviously is going to get exhausted from walking on eggshells and living with an unappeasable parent. Researchers such as Janice Kikolt Glazer have documented the deleterious health effects of marital conflict on immune function. Her research is actually quite fascinating. I always think that we could potentially extrapolate her research to narcissistic relationships. Narcissists certainly do not fight fair, and years of the toxic, difficult conflict and abuse is likely to be wearing down your immune system. So the short answer really is that your narcissistic relationship may be hazardous for your health. So what do you do? First of all, if you haven't done this for a long time, please get a physical and ideally get regular physicals, especially if you're in a narcissistically abusive situation. At a minimum, you'll be able to monitor the onset of any preventable or early detectable health conditions and at a minimum stay on top of your health. And with that, I want to say, don't use Western shit, pharmacare, or new age subscience as a goblet. Go to someone like Dr. Robert Morse, someone who will look at your eyes and be able to tell you in real time what's going on, and who will give you natural ways of actually counteract this shit. Because you know what? I know a lot of people are into Western shit care, because they have obviously vested interest in pushing this crap. The truth is, if people are really into helping you, they will gear you towards people who can help you, but in a real way, and change the real habit that are behind this problem. So, just remember that my dad, the day before he had a major heart attack, he had gone for a heart test, and they told him to go home, that his heart was fine. The day after, he had a major heart attack. So that's how you can rely, truly on those tests. Just be aware, you know, sure, some of them can help you and will, but most of them have their hands tied because they cannot give you any advice outside of their western shit pharmacare bullshit. And if they do, they lose their license. So choose what you will, because this is not medical advice in any way. This is just a peer-to-peer -peer talk that we're having from someone who has been through this many times and I've seen too many of my relatives die from bullshit because they listen to this sub-care called Western shit pharmacare. Instead of going, they used to make fun of the macrobiotic, but guess what? 
those people who have been doing macrobiotic, who have gone raw vegan, they're still here and kicking. They're not. So, I'm not the best example because, yeah, I've had a lot of health issues since I was a baby. But, you know, my parents didn't want to have me. They never wanted me. They never wanted me around. I was just a burden to them. And they let me know as much as possible. And even though my mother tried to be a good mother, and my dad tried to be a good dad, you know, I don't really feel that I was really treated well at all by them in the sense that when a child thinks that they're being adopted <laughs> because they're treated so much worse than their brother, the lazy asshole brother was always getting in trouble and they're the good kid and they still get treated like shit. And I was a good kid because I'm just a good kid, not because I wanted to win the award. I always defended him. So if I really wanted the worst for him, I would have not defended my brother. I always went on a limb to defend him. And what did he do? He always put me down. And of course, remember, every boyfriend I attracted was pretty much a narcissist as well. With um, very, very few exceptions. But those exceptions, unfortunately, had no frame of reference of what I was really going through. So they couldn't understand why I would react in certain ways, including when some of them gave me love and I literally start crying in the middle of it. Because when you are always treated like shit, deep down inside of you, you don't think you're worthy of love. And I know a lot of you feel the same way. So when I call out the assholes, I don't call out those of you who listen and who actually know this stuff. I'm calling out those who have all these opinions, who give money to people like Amaranth and then try and justify it. I don't see them helping people like me. And Amaranth has way too much money already that she has wasted in more slavery system kind of businesses like 7-Eleven and she's proud of it. Remember, 7-Eleven underpays their employees and because corporations have all these laws that they have to look out for the investors, not the people who work, it's literally the modern slavery system. These are the people you are supporting, jackasses, instead of your brothers and sisters. And there's lots of people with money who keep giving money to those monsters. Monsters, that's right. Number two, please at least do the preventative healthcare stuff that you can. Try and eat better. Sleep a little bit more. Sleep in, you know, sleep under better conditions if you can. Take your medications regularly. Get some activity into your life. Do not wait for the narcissist to step up and offer to have your back when it comes to your health. In general, they don't really care. Narcissistic people don't like sick people and you will exhaust yourself if you try to induce them into caring about you and your health. Number three, please be aware of your own family health history so you know your own health vulnerabilities. Again, this ties into that first recommendation I made to get regular screenings for your health, but this becomes doubly important if there are family health issues that can place you at greater risk for the dangerous effects of stress-induced illnesses. Number four, look alive with infectious diseases, especially during flu season. And I'm saying this during a pandemic, okay? This 
Again, the only pandemic is the pandemic of fucking stupid and imbeciles who believe sub-science. Because when you are eating correctly, you do not get sick. And I know this because I went through this myself. So, it's not medical advice. I'm just saying, go look into this a little more, guys, and realize there's a lot of bullshit in what is being said right now. But it's because they don't really, you know, go... Uh, outside of what they've learned in school, they're very much, you know, set in their ways. So they're either brainwashed really good, or they're part of the brainwashing process, whichever one. But taking care of yourself is actually understanding that there have been tons of studies that have proven that all this stuff is actually linked to diseases. So while she thinks that there should be more um, studies and stuff, there have been tons, and Dawson Church, and Dr. You know, Joe Dispenza, there's tons of people out there who have actual proof, and they can show you in real time what happens in your brain when you do certain things, and your telomeres shorten whenever you have these kind of interactions. They've done tons of studies with this. So, it's not true that we don't have proof of it. We do, but again, a lot of people even in front of proof have to deny it because they have cognitive dissonance, right? They don't want to admit that they've been fooled because their ego is still very much part of it. Like a lot of these people who fight flat earths, you know, and go, oh, flat earthers. Remember, flat earthers don't get 62, 64 mil a day like NASA does, so why are you so upset with them? Even if you don't agree with them, I'm not a flat earther because for me, I need undeniable proof. But I have looked for that curvature, and I cannot find it, guys. So, when you look out of a plane, the the windows are curved, so everything you see is going to be curved. So that's no proof at all. Again, you know, and most of these cameras already have a fisheye lens that curves things. So that's why you can't just trust things, you know, so blindly. You have to go and take the time to look into things. And I personally haven't found that curvature. I personally have seen a lot of this stuff that in this documentary and Flat Earth channels and stuff show. And yeah, there are like the Flat Earth Society is a psyop, just be aware of that. And they throw out a lot of bullshit. But there's lots of good legit channels out there who produce very good stuff. And, you know, people just get upset because in reality they're having a cognitive dissonance problem where they cannot believe that, you know, they feel so intelligent, that's all they have, most of them. I have high IQ, that's not real intelligence. You don't have the emotional intelligence to admit when you're wrong, that's not real intelligence. You're just someone who, you know, will do anything to prove that you were not fooled. <laughs> that's not maturity at all, right? And it's sad to see that they would rather continue pushing a lie than actually say, well, I was fooled. Yeah, the fool, the fooling was well done. It's not really your fault that you're being fooled. Those who fool you are the ones who should feel ashamed. But they don't see this because unfortunately they're still very much run by their ego and they haven't suffered enough. That's also the other thing. Usually most of these people haven't gotten without, you know, the basic stuff like most of us have, like, you know, I am running around for years with holes in my teeth and stuff I cannot pay for at all. I don't. I just don't have the money. And thanks to the COVID bullshit, I've literally been wiped out. That's why I'm living in these conditions right now, you know? And there's people who were living on the street, so they were even far worse than I am. It doesn't make me happy. It makes me angrier because I wish I could help them. 
And so, you know, what I'm saying is, don't allow this shit to keep going on to, for yourself if you can avoid it. And a lot of you have not had these has children, so you will not recognize this narcissist. And that's why I want to show you this. That's why I want to show you what she does. And then I'm going to share her link as well, because you can join her group, her healing group. Since a lot of you don't trust me, it's obvious because none of you have really joined the Discord or anything I have thrown out at you. Please, go join her. You obviously need to have someone who has tons of degrees and you trust more. Go for it. I don't care. Do freaking something for yourselves. Because otherwise, you're going to end up like me and worse. Because at least along the way, I learn stuff. At least my mom and her being you know, uh, selfish in many ways with me specifically and, you know, not realizing how much she really screwed me over or maybe she did, you know, and that's why she she let me go after my dad died because she couldn't hide it anymore and just blame him for it, I don't know but anyway, you know, she, she at least tried to, to learn a bunch of different things and I was exposed to so many different things and I've been using all the stuff I learned throughout in spite of my memory problems, my, you know, mental fog and all the shit you go through, which is very real. I have actually been on autopilot with those things because I've done them since I was a little girl. And so certain things just come natural to me. Thank God. Because otherwise, really, if it wasn't for the tapping and all the stuff I do, I would already be dead. And it's guaranteed. So I have serious health issues. And I've had them for a long time. And I don't have the money to fix my teeth. My only option at this point is to save enough to pull them out and put the denture. And I'm not even 50. Yeah, I'm not happy about it because dentures are not great. You know, they don't, it's not easy to chew and stuff. But what are you gonna do? My brother has good teeth though, and he told me that, oh, you're okay. And I've had the same chances as they did. I guarantee you that my cousin never once had to go through the shit I've gone through. And her dad really loved her, and her dad really put her first, and so did her mom. I never had that in my life. It also matters for that, too. If you're enduring narcissistic abuse, odds are your immune system isn't the best. And since the narcissist is not going to take care of you if you get sick, it's better you don't get sick in the first place. Number five, please have a real plan in place if you get sick. If you think your narcissist is going to be the one who's always ready to drive you to chemotherapy or doctor's appointments, think again. Because even if they do step up to the plate, they're going to complain about it a lot. And I would hope if you have cancer, you don't go to, to chemotherapy, but you go and talk to people like Dr. Robert Morse. Because, you know, if you think that a bunch of poison will ever help you, <laughs> think again. And chemotherapy, if you don't know, has a 4%, if you want to call it success, right? Because in the end, they always die anyway of other causes from the shit they take. So, again, I know that my views on this stuff are diametrically opposed to hers, it's obvious. But, um, and it's up to you ultimately, this is not medical advice, but I am just, you know, sharing. Maybe you should look into this a little more and do your own research, guys. 
and I do hope that you realize that in spite of the fact that I'm still not feeling great, I am doing a lot better than I used to. And I don't have money. I don't have money to waste on this and that. So, you know, a lot of times I am undernourished and that's why we get chubbier. Is actually because we are undernourished. Because when you are nourished properly, your body doesn't chubby up. The chubbying up happens because we have too much acidity inside of us. And it's trying to protect our main organs. Like these past few days, I was literally smelling acid. Okay? That's how acidic I have been. But why is that? It's not just because I have been eating ramen soups where, that were spicy and spice unfortunately causes the acidity. It's because I've been extremely stressed. And not just because of the money lack and everything. It's also because I live with someone who uses me as this personal self-regulating system. And when he is not happy, he dumps on me. And that's what I've been going through my whole life. And the psoriasis that I had and the migraines I inherited from my two grandmothers. So it's also a genetic problem that I have. I was born with these problems. And unfortunately, when you go through extreme stress, they get worse. But when we were macrobiotic, we weren't experiencing the same amount of, you know, the migrants went away, external words went away, I didn't have psoriasis. But when you have trauma, staying on a restrictive diet, when you have all kinds of crap around you all the time on TV and everywhere, it's really difficult. And that's what they bank on. So that's why the tapping comes in and it's very helpful because that's what really changed things around for me. And I was a major food addict because food for me was the regulating system. My grandma taught me that because my grandma loved me, but my grandma didn't have a mother and she went through two wars and she had nothing. So I don't blame them. Just like I look at my parents and, you know, I don't really blame them because they couldn't do anything better. They were just ignorant in so many ways and their emotional intelligence was so tiny and it's pretty obvious by the fact that they gave everything to my narcissistic asshole brother, lazy as fuck and selfish, instead of giving chances to me, the person who was always there, working hard, loyal, and who didn't get into shit the way my brother did. And I fair to say that I'm a little more intelligent than he is. But because of all the crap I went through and the fact that I had these heavy migraines, it seemed like I wasn't. But if I wasn't intelligent, I wouldn't have figured out all this shit by myself with zero knowledge, zero understanding of computers or anything. And, you know, yeah, I still stream, I still use OBS. My roommate who thinks he's so much more intelligent than me couldn't figure out OBS. And I've had tons of proof in my life. I'm not an idiot. It's pretty obvious. It's just when you are always treated like one and you are told because my brother, my, my, my dad used to basically, you know, tell me I wasn't that smart. My brother always treated me like I was a piece of shit. When you have people in your life who, you know, are supposed to be on your side constantly telling me you're stupid. And my mom would tell me that I wasn't stupid, but I could feel that she thought I was. You know, as a sensitive, you can lie to me, but I know you're lying. So, you know, basically my whole family thought I was stupid and treated me as such. And I wasn't at all. And I was... Uh, the only thing I needed was to have actual support and someone for you in my corner. 
and a chance. Just like my cousin. If I had um, my uncle, you know, and even my aunt as parents, I would have had much better chances in life. And they were much simpler people in many ways than my parents were, but guess what? They were much better parents because they were really there for their child. And that is the difference. I don't blame them because obviously this is intergenerational trauma transferring through. But I had to work tons with my inner child to actually get to this point. And if it wasn't for EFT techniques, Reiki, and actually having a good heart, I would have had turned already in a piece of shit like that so many times. But you know what? Karma is a bitch when you're one too, and I'm not gonna be one. So, I tap for them, I send, you know, thoughts of, yeah, I want you to realize what you've done so you don't do it to others. But ultimately, my real wish is for, you know, I wish I could have a do-over where they're actually decent human beings and a real family. So, in my head, I build stories like that and I work on that right now. And that's what I started to do more and more. Because I shed a lot of the pain and the suffering they caused me for all of this. And while when I'm sick, I still go into those old rants. Be aware of this, it will happen to you too. Most likely, if it does, don't feel so bad about it. It's just emotion. Just make sure you tap. That's all. Yesterday and the other day when I was crying desperately from the pain, I was always touching the points and I was making sure that I was doing the things that I don't work. I just wanted to say that. Sorry I keep interrupting, but this is the point of doing this. It's not just to show you her video, it's also to put in my two bits. Make a plan with friends or other family members. Don't make the mistake that so many others who have experienced narcissistic abuse have made. Don't think that once you get sick, that the narcissist will finally step up and take care of you. It's not gonna happen. And you do not want to be scrambling after, after, after all of this, after you get sick, while enduring the grief that in fact, the narcissist does not have your back, even when you're sick. Because the fantasy is that's when they'd step up. Number six, yeah, 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 therapy. Therapy is important. It's an important stress-busting tool and a great place to learn tools to cope not only hopefully with this relationship but also with stress and just have a place to, to let it all out. So when I say that narcissistic abuse makes you sick, I really mean it. If you can't get out of this relationship, and I know a lot of you can't get out of your narcissistic relationships, set the boundaries you need to stay healthy. Even if your narcissist doesn't care, there are people in your life who do. For once, please choose yourself. Your health may depend on it. And I want to leave you with one last tip because I asked you about, I told you you need to know your family history. What gets really tricky is if part of your family is narcissistic, they may not be as forthcoming with their family history. While everybody's still young enough and alive, please get that information. 
because you may need to ask a benevolent aunt who lives on the other side of the country or the world quickly get all that health information because if you do have limited communication with a narcissistic family member you may not be able to get that comprehensive health history and you would be surprised how useful some of these sorts of health historical issues can be for your health care provider especially given the stress you're under because of narcissistic abuse to understand your health and the vulnerabilities you may have to stress so please Always stay on top of your health, because let me tell you, this relationship ain't good for it. How many of you who have gone through narcissistic abuse, or know someone who's gone through narcissistic abuse, have struggled with chronic pain? That pain that doesn't go away and that really wrecks your life. So let's see where people are at with that, because that's what we're going to take on today. This idea of people who are going through narcissistic abuse, and for some reason, quite often, are also struggling with chronic pain. For those of you who are interested in healing, please go to the video notes. You can hit that link and learn more about a more deep dive healing program we're having. And certainly people living with chronic pain knows how much this can affect their lives. And if you're new to this channel also, please subscribe and join this community. So let's talk about chronic pain and narcissistic abuse. One issue I have talked about on this YouTube channel is the impact of narcissistic abuse on our health, our physical health. It's clear that it does a number on our mental health, but our physical health, just literally how, how, how our bodies feel. And the linkages are pretty clear. If for no other reason than that narcissistic abuse is a massive stressor and often a lifelong stressor, and the immune impacts, the central nervous system impacts, and in turn, the impacts on all bodily systems are quite compelling. I have worked with and talked with myriad survivors who have shared stories of illnesses they had very few sort of biological or genetic or behavioral risks for, or who had the onset or exacerbation of things like autoimmune conditions that are impacted by stress. And something else I am seeing more and more in survivors is chronic pain. Chronic pain is the pain that persists after the physiological causes of the pain have largely healed or are ruled out. So for example, when a person, I don't know, first breaks a bone or in the weeks after a surgery, we see acute pain. There's surgery or there's an injury and the pain is a clear byproduct of that. Medications and therapies and icing and things like that are used to manage it. But over time, things may transition to a point where there's really no longer a clear identifiable physiological cause that makes sense. And then pain is treated and conceptualized as chronic pain. Chronic pain isn't fake. It's very, very real. And it's hard to treat because the cause isn't always as clear. There's no surgery that can be done. There's no way to even follow or track the biological progress except to ask the person their pain level. And as you can imagine, when a person experiences chronic pain, some of the risks include things like potentially getting dependent on narcotic medications and limitations other areas of life, not being able to work or things like that, or mental health issues, lots of depression in people with chronic pain. So you're not going to be surprised when I tell you that people who experience long-term narcissistic abuse are often at risk for chronic pain. And there are a few reasons for this. First, 
Many people who experience narcissistic abuse do not address their own physical health, sometimes for many years. They often do not get preventative health care, for example, even physicals and things like that, as often as they should. And they don't care for themselves, and the narcissistic people in their lives are not going to care for them. So when they're ill, or just as they need to, they might even do things like delay medical care. So medical issues can get miss, m missed, and the ongoing stress of the narcissistic abuse can impact a person physiologically in a manner that presents as pain. In addition, if a person experiencing long-term narcissistic abuse is experiencing a medical issue, or perhaps recovering from something like a surgery or an illness, once again, it's not likely that the narcissistic people in their lives are going to pitch in to take care of them. So as a result, we may see longer lasting pain post-surgically or post-illness, and then a greater likelihood of chronic pain. Pain is a really funny beast. Psychological pain and physical pain are experienced somewhat similarly in the brain. Dr. Naomi Eisenberger's groundbreaking research shows that both social pain and physical pain sort of share these sorts of these sort of neural um, origins in our brain, meaning that our brain experiences both. Social and physical pain is just pain. Broken heart, broken arm, the brain just knows it as pain. And again, similar areas of the brain subserve that pain, whether it's social or physical. Narcissistic abuse is a daily, sometimes decades-long broken heart. And what this means is that people who experience narcissistic abuse may be more vulnerable to experiencing long-term physical pain and have poorer outcomes when they experience any kind of an illness or, or, or injury or surgery. Now this is really real. If you are experiencing narcissistic abuse, this isn't just about the psychological harm of these relationships, because they are, but we feel these in our bodies. I am sure many of you have had this experience, that this relationship literally makes you sick. The difficult part, and I have witnessed it firsthand with long-term survivors of narcissistic abuse, is that the medical establishment doesn't really get it. So if you try to frame sort of experience of chronic pain to healthcare professionals, and I've done this on behalf of patients, that you try to share that uh, this person's in a long-term toxic relationship that may be exacerbating or even creating their pain experience, you're probably going to get blank stares. Maybe there's some truth to that because the healthcare professionals aren't going to tell you to get a divorce or stop talking to your mother as a way of ben you know, benefiting or treating your pain. But I do wonder if cutting toxic people out of your life may be more powerful than any narcotic out there for your pain, especially chronic pain. When we, were, when we are around toxic people, we tend to tense up, we hold our breath, we move more cautiously, we walk on eggshells, and we also have floods of stress hormones when we are shouted at or gaslighted, and all of this worsens the pain response. I want to say, you know, if you tap, while you go through it, guys, it's so very uncomfortable, but you are actually shedding it and not let, let it settle in you. And that's why I keep telling you, just stop the shit out of it when you're around them, because that is a game changer. Just want to say. Even for people who are long-term survivors of narcissistic abuse, 
they will report that simply observing hostile behavior in other people, in the news, in a movie, out in public, they will physiologically feel it and often as pain. And this is why I'm so upset with people like Amorats. Because she triggered me for a week with her bullshit. And you know what? It's clear that for the most part, it was just a bunch of bullshit. I actually do think that from a physical standpoint, chronic pain is a major hazard of narcissistic relationships. And when people are getting worked up by healthcare providers for pain, trying to determine the cause of the pain, little attention is paid to the contribution of these relationships, of toxic relationships, to the ongoing maintenance of the pain. But we cannot underestimate the impact of these relationships to the very real physiological experiences we have. And if you are experiencing chronic pain and are experiencing narcissistic abuse, just to understand that there's likely a connection between the two so you can be kinder to yourself. Many times, people with chronic pain are pathologized. They're told that it's all in their head, that they're being dramatic, that there might even just be something wrong with their head that's beyond the pain. And this is a really bad mix for a survivor of narcissistic abuse who already tends towards self-doubt and self-blame. So combined with the self-blame of the chronic pain, well, they can't find a cause for this pain, so this must be something I'm making up. It can be a really bad place physically and mentally for a person who's going through narcissistic abuse, who not only doubt themselves, now they actually literally doubt their pain. And what I also want to say about my uncle and aunt, you know, the um, godparents, when we moved to Canada, my mom and dad and my brother didn't want to go and say bye to them and my cousin. I was the one who insisted. I was the one who wanted to go there. And my brother just came along not to let me go alone, you know. And now they are friends with my mom and they backstab me. I just want to say, this is how fucked up narcissists are. So now she's acting all like, you know, the holy... In 2020, she spent more time talking to them than to me ever. And she tried to justify it. Because ultimately, she always needs to be the one who comes across the holy. And me, my dad, we are the bad people. I'm nothing like my dad in those things. I am the one who actually went and said, no, I want to say goodbye, no. And when I send them letters for which they were angry at me, because I send them letters saying everything is great, it was because my mother was pressuring me to do so. Because me, I would have told them it's real shit, and I would have been honest. But she pressured me because she didn't want to lose face. The same way when I had the abortion, and she pressured me to not say anything because she was more worried about losing face than what I actually was made to go through because of them. Because if it wasn't for them, I would have kept my baby and I would have kept the asshole away from my baby, the, the father who was an abusive prick. But I had no money and I was working 12 plus hours days, six days a week and the seventh day I had to do the stuff I couldn't do the other days. I had no way of keeping my baby. So I literally had to let go of everything that was important to me in my life because of them. And then on top of it, she was the one crying when I lost my baby. I had to console her, not the other way around. This is how narcissistic people work. And you know what? They'll lie to you and make you think that they're, oh, they're so saintly. No, nothing that went down in my life was spared. 
Not even remotely. But you know what? Karma is a bitch. And they have it coming. And there's not a damn thing I can do, and I would do, anyway, to stop it. Because if that's what they need to grow the fuck up and not do this again to someone else, well, that be it. Because I certainly did not deserve being treated that way by any of them. I was the only one who was there for them and really cared. And you know what? They all shat on me, and they still do to this day. So the next time you think that your narcissistic relationship is a pain in the neck, you may not be that far from the truth. And this is a pain you cannot just medicate away. In these situations of chronic pain, a combination of working with good multidisciplinary pain teams, having therapy, and recognizing that the presence of this relationship is making any health issue you're having worse can be a real wake-up call. So let's talk about fatigue. It's exhausting. It's exhausting to talk and not be heard, to share something about your life or a feeling and be gaslighted, to live your life and be invalidated, to tell the truth and then be faced with a lie, to try to win a person over just to feel like you're not enough and recognizing that nothing you do will change this. It's exhausting. You know, it's one thing to work hard to climb up a mountain and get to the summit. You're exhilarated. The hard work came, paid off. You get to see the big view. Now imagine walking and walking and walking up a hill, but you never get to the top. That's exhausting. Fatigue is a physically really debilitating aspect of narcissistic abuse. As you can imagine, it's a byproduct of other patterns observed in narcissistic abuse, of the sleep difficulties, of that thing I called energia. And it's more than just physical fatigue. It's a psychological fatigue. There's no other way to put it. These relationships are exhausting. They feel pointless. They are the summitless mountain, the journey that has no point. Futility and fatigue are closely related. Fatigue saps you of a sense of hope and future. And many of the symptoms discussed in the A-Town video are a byproduct or predicted by fatigue, the apathy, the anhedonia, and the inertia. It's awful to feel fatigued. Listen, you may even be getting enough sleep but still be fatigued, secondary to narcissistic abuse, because of the confusing abyss that lies in front of you day after day. I'm a big believer that knowledge can help a little with this. If you know what you are dealing with, you may not be as wiped out by the sense of surprise or disappointment with, which so often accompanies narcissistic abuse. Many people blame themselves, and in fact, the narcissist may become quite frustrated, you, frustrated with you for being fatigued. They might tell you that you're boring or 
even worse than that, for being just being tired and not at all showing any concern for your fatigue. And okay, that doesn't really make sense, but okay. But once you are clear on what this fatigue is, some of that good old radical acceptance helps. Because then you might feel a slightly greater sense of mastery if you radically accept. Because honestly, the sadness and grief that this is your life, that these are your circumstances, can leave you with that heavy fatigue that accompanies the recognition that, yes, this is my life, but also the recognition of the idea that without making a major change, whether you leave the relationship or go no contact, that you may or may not be willing to make, then there isn't much that you can do about what you're in. So, you feel fatigued. Fatigue can make you feel older and wearier than your years. Interestingly, I am currently actually experiencing a little bit of a bout of narcissistic abuse in my life. Yeah, me. None of us are immune gang, so like I'm, I'm going through these waters now. And what's striking me is I'm so struck by the fatigue and the, what a central pattern it is to narcissistic abuse. But it's an existential tiredness. It's a heaviness. It would take a thousand year nap to move this. This isn't just about getting a good night's sleep. And sadly, when somebody sees your fatigue, you know what they tell you? You just need to take a nap. That's the guidance you get from people who don't understand narcissistic abuse. So what do you do? First of all, be kind to yourself. Turn inward if you need. Cut out a lot of the BS that you don't need to have to deal with on that day. Turn the tap off on the toxic people and maybe the toxic responsibilities in your life. Give yourself the space you need and just practice a little bit of self-kindness. You might have a little bit more bandwidth the next day. Number two, always rule out other causes for fatigue. While it's very likely that the narcissistic abuse is a major driver of your fatigue, in case that this might be due to a medical condition, you want to get that ruled out. Thirdly, you must expect no sympathy from your narcissist. Don't tell them that you're tired just to be gaslighted by them. My favorite is when you tell someone, oh, you, I'm tired, and your narcissist says, you aren't tired, you have no right to be tired. Don't tell them you're fatigued. And even if you do tell other people, be prepared for simplistic guidance like take a nap. Trust me, there ain't no nap long enough to take to push back on this ancient fatigue of narcissistic abuse. Number four, lots of us are feeling fatigued now. The world has gone upside down and our lives don't make sense in the same way. For those who are enduring narcissistic abuse at the same time as all the things that are going on in the world, fatigue is almost a guarantee. Try not to hold unrealistic standards and keep a more realistic pace. And you know what, please stop watching the Instagram posts of people making four-course four quarantine dinners and baking home-baked bread. Listen, make yourself a sandwich and call it a day when you need. Fatigue sucks. It shows on your face and in your work and all that you do. It doesn't feel good.
it can leave you feeling like you're always kind of sick and not keeping up. I have been struck though by how often fatigue improves almost right away when people step away from the narcissist in their lives. And when that isn't possible, it often isn't. Please try other things like boundaries, disengagement, and realistic expectations. It may not fully disarm the narcissist in your life, but at least it may give you a greater sense of control. And then maybe you can try to get a good night's sleep, but like I said, it's gonna take a lot more than one good night of sleep to push back on this fatigue. So thanks again for tuning in. Please subscribe. Love to hear your fatigue stories too and how you guys push back on this because let me tell you, this fatigue is something you carry around with you a lot. People will look at you and say, gosh, you look real tired. You're thinking, oh man, I slept for nine hours last night, but it's something different. It's a different kind of a tired. It's very unique to narcissistic abuse. Whether you like it or not, Sandbank would... And there you have it. This is the, you know, various uh, things that she had to say about it. And they are very valuable. They are very on point. And I hope more people listen to this and more people, you know, start realizing that you can definitely use tapping all the time. And tapping will make a huge difference, guys. It will. You just have to do it. You have to do it and do it and do it. And, you know, again, join our Discord community. It's a peer-to-peer -peer community. I never claim to be um, licensed anything. I don't give a shit about any of that. And I don't believe in that form of therapy myself. I have been on the receiving end and I know how shitty it is. But uh, I have also been on the receiving end of uh, EFT techniques and Reiki and those have helped me much more. So that's why I focus on this stuff, that's why I share it, and that's why I keep telling you that you don't need to be a doctor to do tapping and you can apply it in the moment as the stressor is occurring. Hence not allowing the stressor to sit inside of you be as insidious and actually by tapping on the in real time situation you're also tapping on all the previous times that will be attached to this reaction that you're having and in closing what i want to say is that while i well know that i was treated like shit by people who should have been there for me and who clearly have betrayed me and backstabbed me in every way. I still don't hate them the way I would expect to hate them. I just don't. What I feel inside of me, and that's the biggest, um, I would say it's the biggest feeling I really feel, which is what incites my anger, is actually pain. It's pain for understanding that they couldn't do any better. It's pain for my inner child, the part of me that suffered and was the victim in all of this. The pain that I am fe feeling physical pain and I am in so much discomfort because of all the shit they have done. 
end up being knowing that it could have been all different if only a few things were done slightly better. So I hope this helps you, you younger people who are not yet in my conditions and who have a chance to really heal all the way. I don't know what's gonna happen to me. I honestly, I don't know for how long I'll be alive. I just don't. Because while I am getting better in many ways, I also know that these, these problems and these things can really cause major issues and it's in a way out of my control because I'm doing everything I can to stay positive. It is very hard to stay positive some days and all I can do is tap and do Reiki and talk to my friends who are also going through similar things and help each other in that way. It's too bad we're in different towns, it's too bad we cannot really be there physically for each other, but at least we have that. But I don't know for how long I'll be able to be around. So for whatever time I'll be around, I hope I can help a few of you not fall for the same shit. And maybe if you have fallen for it, getting out of it much faster. Because I know if I had EFT techniques even 20 years ago, even, you know, when my dad passed away, it would have been a much better result in the end than all the shit I went through. And for those five years after he died, I was just waiting to die. I didn't care. Life didn't matter to me. I felt cheated, and the only thing that kept me going was my dogs. And then my dog died nine months later. And that's when I looked up and I said, Fuck you, God. Seriously, what the fuck are you doing? You know, and sure, maybe that served me. You know, save me a good place in hell. But hey, <laughs> I doubt it. You know, I'm pretty sure that God understands and hears what we're saying in the right way and knows that some of us have really been handed a shitty fucking end. And, you know, the only thing that kept me going was my animals and the knowledge that there's not enough good people out there who give a shit about others and there's lots of people who had even worse situations and if all the good people don't stick around then what you know we gotta keep fighting for the young generations we gotta keep fighting for the elderly who cannot protect themselves and we gotta keep trying to put out good energy in spite of all the shit we're facing every day and Myself, I really enjoy Bob Ross. He, they, they show him uh, on Twitch. So I often just tune in to Bob Ross when I want to relax and watch him paint. I don't even listen many times. And I just relax and then I try to pretend that I can do similar stuff than he does digitally because I couldn't physically do what he does because just the smell. Even though it's not smelly, the cleaner for, you know, but the paint is smelly, like, it's very smelly to paint. And I would get a huge migraine, unfortunately, I overreact to most everything. And so, that's why for me, digital was not just a choice of, I hate getting my hands dirty because my skin gets so irritated. 
but it's also because I just can't physically do such things. I love to be able to be free and spontaneous and do all this stuff and experience them, but I have strong limits and I have to take that into account and I need to take care of myself and not feel guilty for it. So I do this and I still like it and I still enjoy it very much and it makes me feel very relaxed and you know maybe you can find something similar yourself and if you want to have the names of the programs that I use a lot of them are free the one I use that is designed uh, it's not from Bob Ross uh, but it's designed by someone else to paint similarly to him it's also not very expensive at all the course itself is also like a matter of 10-20 bucks so we're talking really little money guys and if you have a computer, which I know not everybody does have, um, it's possible. But you can also draw by hand and, you know, do those things as well. I like black and white drawings myself, so every now and then I do that as well. It's just, you know, when you're poor monetarily, um, it's cheaper also to draw digitally because you don't spend anything other than, you know, the equipment you already have. And so that's also why I don't uh, choose a lot to do it physically in, you know, real life because it's a lot of money to buy a material. And this past year I've really made so little. And I have been looking for works I can do from home, but yeah, it's not very easy unless you are in AI and a programmer, you know, and stuff like that. So. It's okay, there's always a way out, they say, alright? So, here I am, just trying to help out a little. I'm gonna go now because I'm really exhausted, to be honest, and talking is really difficult still. It's much better than the other days, but now I can feel the inflammation coming back a bit. Probably also because these emotions, you know, come up, and there are some part of it. But I hope that this helps some of you, and I hope that um, you enjoy also the other content I do with the ASMR and the art and the things that I, I try and do the best I can. And uh, I wish you all a very happy weekend. If I don't post anything, um, you know, in the next couple of days, it's probably because I am mourning my Momo who passed away a year ago, almost, and yeah, I love my two puppies, you know, Spoon is great, and the Frufru is amazing, but one dog is not a substitute for another, and they're both really pretty guys, you should see them. So be good and keep going guys and I want to remind you one thing if you are fans of Star Wars remember that Mama Fett she streams music on Twitch three times a week guys and I'm a mod in that channel and I'm a backup mod because of my health issues I'm very happy to be among there. They send such good vibes and they truly make my day when I hang around in there. I had to miss them 
this week because I was too sick. And they were worried about me and I said to them, don't. I showed them this video and I said, you know, don't worry, this is just how it goes. And thank you for all the good vibes. Bye.